Hey everybody and welcome to the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs coming at you from the great city of Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Sean Riley. And I'm Common Thrath. And today, like always, we're having a no bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life. Hey Sean, nice to, nice to see you again. Uh, unfortunately, virtually. Um, you know, oh, the be- pleasure is always mine. <laughs> it's really always mine. Uh but I don't know. I, I think I might be very uncomfortable if I, if you came over, you know, and we're, we're, cause I know after maybe a couple of beers or so, we might be, we might be not be social distancing by six feet. You no, know, it could be like holding hands or something, you know, cause we're, we're, well, with first that, of all, I would, with that friendly yeah, with each other. <laughs> and point of clarification, when was the last time you and I had a couple of beers? I mean, I don't think that's, <laughs> that dog don't hunt. I mean, usually it's a few beers. You know, that's what I was saying, and I think we see that now, right? You see colleges, you see everything happening around here. That I think when people are drinking, and you, you start to kind of not really have the the know it all to stay, you know, six feet from each other. So there's a lot of people being very uncomfortable about when they're going. One of shopping. my mantras, uh-huh. one of my mantras has always been, I had the right to remain silent, but not the ability. And it's true when you think about it. (laughs) I mean, that pretty much sums it all up. So, you know, today's topics here, guys, is like as an entrepreneur, what what makes you uncomfortable? What makes us? What makes me uncomfortable? What makes Sean uncomfortable? We're going to share those sides of of our stories. And we want to hear from you, too. Like, what are some uncomfortable things that you're running into? You know, as an entrepreneur, I think you're... If you're not uncomfortable, I don't think you're, you're pushing yourself hard enough. There's always got to be something throughout, you know, throughout your journey that's making you uncomfortable because you know you're pushing yourself to the limit. And you're taking those, you know, that, that right risk. If you're just kind of going idle, um, no, I don't think you're giving yourself the optimal performance you're looking to put out for yourself. So, you know, what do you feel is like the definition of being uncomfortable, Sean? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that when you, I think that we are um, very much elastic. And when you push yourself and do things that make you uncomfortable, you're stretching that band a little bit. So it always, it doesn't come back to the same size, right? It's, it's, you know, people like to say change. I like to say growth, right? The difference is change. You can slide back growth. You really can't, you, you grow as you are a, a human and you can't get shorter, right? growth is, is more lasting than changes. So I think it's important to, to do things that are of interest to you, but force you to, you know, quote unquote, think outside the box, do something differently, disconnect, whatever that is. Um, and challenge yourself a little bit and, and make yourself uncomfortable because that's the only way you're going to get comfortable with stuff. Like I'm not a fan of heights, at all. Like I just, uh, not, not a big fan, but I'm very, um, it's very categorical. In other words, I can, I can literally stand on the end of a cliff with my toes hanging off or holding by my hands, but because it's, it's nature and I have more faith in nature than I do on something man-made like at the top of a building or whatever. So when I'm, have the opportunity to do something involving heights, I do it because it scares the hell out of me. Like one of the things I do when I go to San Francisco is I always jog across 
the gold gate bridge and it scares the hell you can feel it shaking from the cars going over and you look down and it's like you know what are the chances of the golden gate bridge collapsing i don't look at it that way i'm like some drunk driver is going to severe off the road and hit me and then we're both going over the side of this thing but it it's scary it makes me uncomfortable but i do it every single time i go out there for no other reason than hopefully someday you'll get over it. you can do things that make yourself uncomfortable business is the same yep. thing like if you looked at all of your client like you look at your total client base right now how many of those clients are in industries that you didn't target when you first started i bet there's a lot of them and you you I mean, look at yep. your business uh, as it relates to cannabis hugely uncomfortable thing how are you going to manage it can you get clients what are you going to do differently are there different people you need to hire all that what's the expense of it but you did it because it makes your firm grow which really makes you grow but i'm sure that was uncomfortable every single new client you get isn't yep. it's got to be a little bit uncomfortable right going to a no market you're, you're, yeah you nailed it it's like i was like talking back and forth about like, do I go into cannabis? Do I not go to cannabis? Do I stick with my core competencies? Do I, you know, but every, someone had it and, and it, it was new for Massachusetts and, you know, especially in the East coast. And it's like, do I want to wait and have other people do it? And then I learn from them or, you know what, do I just jump in two feet and someone started it? Why not me? And, and yeah, it, we're learning and everyone else is also learning in this market here in the East coast about cannabis too. So, but we have our core, you know, as an agency, we have the core processes and the core, core knowledge about marketing and lead generation and branding. And we just, once you know the criteria and the restrictions for cannabis, then you apply it. No different if we, you know, we talked with a client who's a fire, you know, does firearms too. So like there's restrictions there, how to do marketing. So once you understand those parameters, you just follow everything else is pretty much business as usual. So it was, right. you know, you got to, but you got to have a, a little bit of a plan. There's, with some risk, there might not be much planning. You might have just have to do it and see what happens. But if you can plan it, that helps mitigate you know, the stress of being uncomfortable. Um, I think segueing to that, right, going into that space, I w it was also uncomfortable with me delegating, like bringing more as an entrepreneur. As you start to scale, you got to hire people. And I'm a, you know, I, most entrepreneurs, like, like myself, I like control. I didn't want to let go of the reins for marketing strategy or sales or operations. Like I did it all. And then sometimes you, as an entrepreneur, you, you probably always tell yourself, I'll just do it. I'll do it faster. I'm like, just give it to me. I'll do it. I'll do it faster. They, no one knows how faster, to do it better, you know, right. but you can't scale like that. Like you can't do it all. So it was very uncomfortable for me to hire people. Then I had, you have to trust them because you put this your, your sweat and, 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 and time and tears into your business. And you know, now you're, you're trusting them to run like a really vital part, which is if it's sales or operations or marketing, uh, HR yeah. finances, whatever it is. Um, that is very uncomfortable for me. And, and I, but I've made mistakes. So I've hired the wrong people and it made me even harder to try to let go of the reins there, Sean. So, you know, you just got to be really diligent about your hiring process and, you know, the capabilities of that person that you want so that, uh, there's definitely value to, you do get what you pay for. You know, I think as an entrepreneur, you, you bootstrap and you might not want to invest in that, you know, that CFO or that VP of sales. But, um, if you want it done right, you know, there's, there's a certain threshold of investment you have to make, which is also uncomfortable because now you're talking about money. You know, it's a conundrum, right? Because you, t you take a risk and start a business for yourself. Yet, once the business is starting, 
you become a control freak and won't take a risk on having other people do it. It's like a, it's like a, it works against you, right? You're, yeah, I'm a risk taker, but really I'm not because I'm going to do it myself. Now, when you, when you describe that, how much of that was growth versus change? And what do I mean by that? Do you find yourself when things aren't going the way you want them to be being jumping back in and doing that, which would be a change. I'm going to let this go and I'm going to let them run it. Oh, wait, they're screwing it up. I got to jump in. Or is it truly growth where, you know what? They're going to live and die by what they're doing. I'm okay with it. I am staying out of it because that's their role. And you feel comfortable with it. So the latter, I did from a growth standpoint, right? You can, you you only have so much time in your day. I can't be managing all these different hubs within my agency, but once it's gone for a few months, and you still feel things aren't happening. You know, there's a book called extreme ownership. It really falls on you as the owner. You know, you can blame your, 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 your directors, you can blame your VPs or whatever, but it still goes back to you. It's your leadership. It's your, your guidance, your process, your systems that you put in place. So I feel an obligation to go back in and say, Hey, what's going on here? You know? So yeah, the latter, I let them do it, you know, but then what happens is, you know, you're losing either hours or money because there's, there's, there's excess waste or fat, I call it. And you got to trim that fat, you know, got to run lean and mean. I, I say that pretty often. So I have to go back in, but I'm not looking to stay there permanently. Got to go back in, figure out what is going on, fix it. And fixing it, meaning it could just be fine tuning your processes or it could be, you know, it's, it's two things. It's systems and processes or it's, it's the person. It's, it's the human capital. So you got to figure out what that one of those two, what it is of those two. Now, what do you think about what are some of the personal things that make you uncomfortable? Like heights and snakes to, to um, you know, you get me on a bridge with a snake. I'm out. I, I, I'm, that's it for me. I'm done. You know, what about you? What makes you uncomfortable? Ooh, when it comes to animals. Uh, yeah. Like rats. Like just uh, rats. They're just big mice, man. They're just squirrels without a furry tail. It's mouse all. is like, it's a different tier level, <laughs> but like, like a rat is just right. a whole nother, like, why is he a rat here? <laughs> I remember, I remember, yeah, exactly. go, so, you know, growing up, you know, we, 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 we grew, I grew up in an urban area. My family didn't have any, any money. And we were in this triple decker. And I remember coming home from school, from college, I stayed home with my mom in this apartment and, there were rats around the house and I literally would put blankets around me like a burrito because then I'm like, this thing could like probably still be all over my face, but it was scary. I mean, yeah. these things were like two feet long. It looked like it was, yeah, it was just did. like, um, but yeah, yeah I, I, that could be why my trauma, t- trauma, like being traumatized when I was a kid. And, uh, but yes, rats is, is, is something I fear. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I, I think that if you look at, I think that your life, people's lives are a series of being comfortable and uncomfortable. And I think that's how you really grow and find other interests that you have and want to do different things. I mean, I think starting out as an entrepreneur, you're incredibly uncomfortable with the, I mean, you leave in a cushy, or at least I did a cushy job that you get paid whether you show up or not. And you get paid whether you do 80% of your work or 20% of your work, at least for, a while, right? So you're, you're leaving all that and you're growing, you're going into starting your own business where literally you're either making money or losing money. That that's the only two things there are. And the, the, the higher you get in that organization of particularly a small business, the more 
that gets magnified. I mean, your time is the most expensive cost the company has. And you have to be able to do things all the time that make you uncomfortable. Otherwise, how are you going to grow? So share a story with us, Sean. Like what, what was like, you know, as you, you grow in businesses and what has been uncomfortable for you in, 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 in your working, scaling and growing? One of the things that I, oh, this is kind of an interesting thing. I love public speaking, whether I'm at a party or a speech, the more people that are there, the more comfortable I am. It's actually, um, it takes me a while to get comfortable with a smaller group of people that I don't know. But what I do is I force myself to get comfortable because when you're speaking to an audience or you're up on a stage or giving a speech, there's not an interaction. It's, it's one way you're, you're, they're listening to you whether they want to or not. And you're speaking whether you want to or not. It's the more intimate conversations. So most of my business now is speaking in that intimate circle. I mean, I'm talking to investors that are worth billions of dollars. And not only do I have to feel comfortable in inside, I have to, it's, it's selling. I have to convince them to invest with them. I have to beg them for their money. And I need, I need them to know that I'm comfortable doing it, whether I am or not. So it takes, it takes a while of thinking not that you're never the, I'm never the smartest person in the room, but you're equal to you're, you're just as worthy as being there as anybody else. So it takes, you know, I can, I can speak in front of 20,000 people a lot easier than I can speak in front of, five. And it varies depending on who the particular audience is, but absolutely. And then to go back to your point, that, that was a big thing for me more. So when I had my staffing company was the control thing was getting comfortable enough, allowing somebody else or a bunch of people to do what I used to do myself. And people say, Oh, it's so freeing when you do that. Yeah. But it's not, it's not instant. It's over time that that becomes freeing to you it's very at least for me it was very uncomfortable at the beginning it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of time and a lot of work it's your it's your company and there's ownership or the sense of ownership is a very powerful feeling and to to give that up is is as dramatic as it sounds is, is a big deal big deal for a lot of entrepreneurs it's like you know for folks who have kids it's almost like having a babysitter for the first time who you know, not a family member, like what a babysitter to like watch your kid. Yeah. Like it's, that's what it is until you start building, you know, after over time, you just have to work with that babysitter longer and longer and they become part of the family. So like, you know, they become my part of the first, business My culture. oldest son, he's 14 now. He, I think he went six months before he even went outside and we was born in July. Hmm. The second child, you like, Okay, you can go outside even though you're three days old. The third child, my daughter, it's like I don't even know if you have a jacket, but yeah, go ahead. We'll catch up with you. Catch up with you later. You know what I mean? It's like it's you totally get comfortable. So are you like, saying like every, daughter? Are, you, are you saying like every time an entrepreneur opens in another company, it gets easier? Or you or you, you care? You, you don't care? No, you don't care. You're, uh, you're less you're less stressed about it. I guess is that is that what you're trying I to think say? I, <laughs> I think that, I think the potential is there. I don't think that um, it ever goes away. I think you can manage it better the second, third, 
fourth time around. But unlike children, companies are very di- like they're very different. They're not the same. They don't eat the same. They don't walk the same. They don't talk the same. You can't a crayon to one company is not a crayon to somebody else. A crayon to a kid is a crayon to another kid. So it's very different. So, but I think that you as the leader can kind of be comfortable with it being uncomfortable, which is kind of what I'm saying. Again, running across the board, I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with that, but I do it. And it's, it's, I don't know, it might be easier and I can manage it better but it's still uncomfortable, which is why I still do it. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, guys. So, I mean, there's, there's so many, when I mean, we can speak about this topic of being uncomfortable probably for days and days and days. So, you know, is there any other questions or topics that you guys want to hear Sean and I break down a little bit more, please share that, you know, in the comments and send us an email. Um, but you know, go out there, being uncomfortable is normal and it's okay. You know, grow and stretch that rubber band as, as Sean says, you know, and then, you know, snap it and catapult yourself, you know, to, to the next level. Yeah. So go out there and crush it. Otherwise it's just <laughs> change and it's just going to be a short term thing. You know, it changes for the change. Like who, who cares? You want to yourself grow and, and get over or be able to manage your comfort level. But I think being uncomfortable is a, I say this a bunch to to our team. If I'm not scared doing something, I'm not going to do it as well as I would doing it if it was completely, because you just don't, you assume it's going to go well, you take it for granted, you just don't care, which means I don't, at least for me, I don't put all that energy into it. I need to be a little bit scared, a little bit shy, a little bit, okay, yep, this is is what we're going to go do. We're going to run across the bridge. Done it before. Let's do it. And, you know, it gets easier. It's still not comfortable. So yeah. Or you could just roll yourself up like a, what did you say? A taco? and stay Burrito. A burrito. Burrito. Oh yeah. Burrito. Get my Mexican foods messed up a lot, but I'm working on that. Yeah. Maybe an roll egg roll. Would that be something? easier for you? Would do some like, you know, I know you love the Asian food. Like I rolled myself like an egg roll. Egg rolls to the, <laughs> egg rolls are the crunchy ones, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a place they had a spring roll and a summer roll. I, I just that's just like marketing. That's something you would do. It's like, oh no, you got the new summer rolls coming up. Wait till you see the fall oh, rolls doing new. Yeah, right. The okay. autumn rolls, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, until next time. So this is not so much just for our listeners, it's with our listeners. We're doing this with them, not just for them. We're all together in this big, massive, disconnected group called Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at The Vulnerable Entrepreneurs. Twitter and Instagram at The VE Podcast. The VE Vulnerable Entrepreneur Podcast. And join the conversation by visiting us on our website, thevepodcast.com. And email us at hello at thevepodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. That wraps it up. We understand that every minute of your day is valuable, and we appreciate you spending time with us today.